Good evening and welcome to the second anniversary of the opening of our new church building. We want to thank you for joining with us as we praise and magnify the Lord together in our online praise service. As we worship the Lord tonight, let us turn to the Psalm 100 and sing joyfully unto him who is our maker and creator. Let us unite together in a word of prayer. Eternal God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for our praise service this evening. We rejoice that in this occasion two years ago, we celebrated together the opening of our lovely new church building. And O oh God, Thou hast taught us in Thy book, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning You. And Lord, we realize tonight we have much to praise and thank thee for. We want to praise and thank thee for who thou art. Thou art the living and the true God. We bless thee, O God, that great and holy is thy name. And all thy ways are just and true. And O God, we want to thank thee for the revelation of thyself in the Holy Scriptures. And O God, we bless thee as well for the many manifold blessings that thou hast bestowed upon us. We thank thee for physical life and health and strength. We thank you for material and temporal provision. But we rejoice most of all for the spiritual provision that's ours through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we call upon thee, our God, through the mediator Jesus Christ and the ground of the blood, that thou would accept of our thanks this evening. 
Lord, as we have said, we have much to praise and thank thee for. And we say to our soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. And we want to bless thee most of all, O God, for the gift of thy lovely Son, Jesus Christ. We're glad we're able to exclaim the text that's written above the pulpit here. Salvation is of the Lord. And we acknowledge that it's all of grace and all of God. And we confess that all that we have in life's journey has come from thee. We thank you for every pound and penny that was gifted to the work of God here. And we thank thee, O God, for the limited amount of debt that's now standing on the building. And we just commit our online praise service to thee this evening. Remember all who will take part. We pray that you'll bless every singer. Remember the reading of the Holy Scriptures. And O God, in relation to all our many listeners who have tuned in this evening, we pray that you'll grant them a conscious sense of thy blessing. We pray, Lord, they'll be aware that they must praise and sing hallelujahs to thee from their heart. And our desire is that the praise of our lips and the adoration of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight. To this end, we plead the cleansing, covering power of the blood. To this end, we commit ourselves to thee. Grant us a conscious sense of thy blessing and let us know what it is to join with thee in praising before thy holy face. Lord, hear and answer prayer tonight, for we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We are delighted tonight to have a number of special guest singers with us. And we're going to ask our dear sister in Christ, Miss Victoria Salt, to come and minister to us in song. Oh, mm-hmm. 
On your behalf, I want to thank Victoria for these two lovely messages and song. They have truly blessed our soul tonight. Thank you. We are thrilled to have the accompaniment of Mr. Graham Murphy tonight. He's a dear friend who has a very long-standing association with the Killing Your Schoolhouse. And he's going to sing and play our grand piano. Shadows are 
I would like to thank Brother Graham Murphy for these two lovely pieces that he sang and played for us tonight. God bless you, Graham. We're now going to have the scriptures read to us by many of our young people from Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power, his understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise upon the harp unto our God. Who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass grow for the upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of a horse, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in him that fear him, and knows that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. He hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth, his word running very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool, he scattereth the hoarfrost like ash. He casteth forth his ice like morsels, who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word, and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow, and the waters to flow. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. And we do trust that God will stamp with his own divine approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures to us tonight. We're also especially pleased to have with us the Revelation Trio, and we're going to ask them now to come and minister to us in song.
to thank the Revelation Trio for joining with us tonight and for these two lovely pieces that they have sang to us. God bless you. This service that we're having is the second anniversary of the opening of our church here in Kelly Newer. And I would praise the Lord with the psalmist who said, oh, that men would praise the Lord and for his goodness to the children of men. But this is an anniversary for me as well and 50 years saved this year. Uh, in Saintfield 50 years ago, I was on a mission and we had moved to Saintfield from Belfast and I had joined the local church that our family had belonged to. Uh, they had been connected with that church since 1658 and I was proud of that long tradition and the connection to it. I went along to it and I enjoyed the fellowship. I enjoyed the meetings and I joined the badminton club and the table tennis club and I was uh, enjoying my time there. My uh, father's cousin's husband was a, a good friend and he encouraged me to come along to church. Uh, and there was a mission in February of 1970 and I was helping him with a book stall in the church. So I didn't get to get into the meetings until in fact the last night of the mission on the Sunday night. And I was sitting about four rows back from where my grandfather would have sat many years ago. And I didn't remember much of what the uh, preacher was saying, unfortunately, but I did uh, remember the text that he quoted, Ephesians 2, 8, 7 and 8. And I, uh, it goes, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And you know, I realized at that time that I was uh, trying to work my way to heaven. I was going to church, I was being friends with people, I was listening, and I was walking the clean side of the street. But of course, that wasn't enough. And uh, salvation is a gift. If I don't accept that gift, then uh, I can't go to heaven. I was trying to work my way. You wouldn't work and pay for a gift. So uh, I had to come that night. And they were singing a hymn, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. And so I stood up that night, along with many other young people at that time, and there's others that can look back to that time in St. Field. And so that's an anniversary for me, and I'm trusting that as you listen to this service, that next year you'll say, this is the anniversary of me coming to the Lord, and I trust that you will do that uh, even today. Thank you. On your behalf, I want to take this opportunity to thank our clerk of session, Mr. Anderson, for coming along and sharing a word of personal testimony. And if you've been challenged by the word of testimony and you tonight are not saved and would love to be saved, please feel free to contact us. We'd love to help you spiritually if we can. And it would be wonderful if this time next year we had you coming along and saying that this is your first anniversary since you have trusted Christ as Lord and Saviour. We're extremely pleased tonight to have Dr. Fred Greenfield with us again for our second anniversary service online. And we're going to ask the Lord's servant to come and minister to us in song. We're looking forward to it. And then immediately after this singing, he's going to preach for a short time a message that the Lord has laid in his heart. God bless you, Fred. And thanks very much for coming. Well, I'd like to thank the Reverend McLaughlin very much for those words of welcome. It is good to be sharing with you this special occasion and this praise service uh, for the anniversary, the second anniversary of the opening of this beautiful new church building. Just a pity that we can't all be here together uh, to sing and to praise God, but we do the best we can in these times, and it's good to be with you tonight. 
to have the opportunity to sing and to bring God's word. The first piece that I would like to sing is a hymn called The King and I. Many, many years ago in Belfast at the open airs at the City Hall uh, with the late Reverend Raymond McCune and many others who came to those meetings on a Sunday night, there were a couple of young men came along and they used to sing this hymn. And I loved uh, this hymn, The King and I, The King of Kings, The Lord Jesus Christ, The Lord of All, Why He Should Care for Me, A Sinner condemned, unclean, and should save me and walk with me, the King and I. The King and I walk down life's road together Where many people Go passing by The great I am And I, a lowly beggar Walk hand in hand The King and I Why he should care for me Will always be a mystery He holds the whole world in his hands And who am I? And so my heart somehow can help but wonder Why we're together The King and I The King and I Not long ago were strangers I walked alone not knowing why and then he came and put his arms around me now we're not strangers the king and i why he should care for me will always be a mystery he holds the whole world in his hands And who am I? And so my heart somehow can help but wonder Why we're together The King and I Why he should care for me Will always be a mystery He holds the whole world in his hands And who am I? And so my heart somehow can help but wonder Why we're together The King and I Another favorite hymn of mine uh, talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. And he said, what would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And uh, the hymn writer says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus. What a wonderful privilege to know him and to serve him and to live for him. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his name. 
fierce hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather His holy name than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway. I'd rather have Jesus than of rarest bloom and he's sweeter than honey from out the cold he's all that my hunger in spirit needs I'd rather have Jesus and let him to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Once again, could I thank you, Reverend David McLaughlin, for the invitation to be part of this special praise service and to rejoice with you in the goodness of God and in the second anniversary of the opening of this beautiful building. And we trust the Lord will continue to bless the Word of God as it goes forth. We're so thankful that we celebrate the work of God in this corner of the Lord's vineyard for many, many years and this second anniversary of the new building. But thank God we're in a gospel-believing, gospel-preaching church. And I want to draw your attention to the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through to verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, the Apostle says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first 
and also to the Greek. Amen. May God bless the reading of his precious word. Thank God for the gospel of Christ. Gospel means the good news, the glad tidings. And in the book of Proverbs in chapter 25 and verse 25, the scripture reminds us as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And thank God to thirsty souls across this world, from that far country beyond the blue sky, God hath given to us the glorious gospel of his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many years ago, an old Puritan preacher spoke about the gospel, and he said, God thought it. He said, Christ wrought it, but Satan thought it, and the Holy Spirit brought it, and thank God, I've got it. Now, he could say that because the plan of salvation According to 2 Samuel 14 and 14, the Bible speaks about those who were lost and dead in sin. Yet the Bible says, God hath devised a means whereby those who were banished from him be not expelled from him. God the Father thought it. Christ wrought it. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. The gospel says in Mark 10 verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for the many. And of course, Satan fought this gospel plan all along the way. Many attempts were made to prohibit the Savior being born into this world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 concerning men and women who were lost, that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. So God thought it, and Christ wrought it, and Satan fought it, but thank God the Holy Spirit of God brought it, and we were born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And as the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and 12, that the gospel was preached with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. John writes in his gospel in chapter 3 and verse 16, that for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And again at the very end of his gospel in chapter 20 and verse 31, he says, These things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And thank God tonight for the old-fashioned message of God's redeeming grace in the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That gospel, as Paul defined it there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, For I delivered unto you, in verse 3, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And thank God tonight for the message of the gospel described, declared by the apostle here in the word of God. That gospel that is described here in verse 1 of Romans chapter 1 as the gospel of God. It's described in verse 4, declared to be Christ as the Son of God with power. And in the New Testament, we read about the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ, we read about the glorious gospel. We read about the everlasting gospel. We read about the gospel of the kingdom of God. We read about the gospel of his son. And so tonight, just for a moment or two, I want to think with you about this wonderful gospel that is preached in this congregation Sunday by Sunday. I want you to notice, first of all, that the apostle speaks here about the sublime Christ of the gospel. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel 
of Christ. Many people know the hymn Amazing Grace, written by John Newton. There's another lovely hymn in our hymn book that was written by the same author, and it says, What think ye of Christ is the test to try both your state and your scheme? You cannot be right in the rest unless you think rightly of him. As Jesus appears in your view, as he is beloved or not, so God is disposed to you, and mercy or wrath is your lot. That's why the Bible asks the question, What think ye of Christ? Many years ago, a young man brought up in a Christian home, hearing the gospel, knowing the gospel, but turned aside and went into all the things that this world had to offer. But thankfully a day came when he came to know Christ as his own personal Savior. He was gloriously transformed by the gospel's power, saved by the grace of God. He became a preacher of the word of God. And one night on a great crusade as he was about to preach the word of God, someone sent up a note to him to say that I'm, if you preach tonight, I'm going to get up and tell the things in your past and the things that are, are not good and things that were wicked and sinful. And so the young man, he, he took the note and he read it out and he said, surely in my past there are many things of which I am ashamed. But he says, tonight I want to tell you, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and I'm not ashamed of the Christ of the gospel. What think ye of Christ? Paul says here in verse 8 of Romans 1, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Son of God, the Bible says in verse 4, Jesus is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Friend, what do you think about the Lord Jesus? Do you suppose he was just a good man? Do you say, well, he was a martyr? He was a religious leader? Or do you realize that he is the Son of God, that he is God manifest in the flesh, that he has come into the world to save sinners, that he laid down his life upon the old rugged cross to pay the penalty for your sin. But he could lay his life down, he could take it up again. And on the third day, thank God he was raised for our justification. See, Paul speaks here about the sublime Christ of the gospel very God of very God, and yet in his incarnation, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. But you'll notice that through the wonderful epistle to the Romans, the apostle speaks about what I might describe as the sweeping call of the gospel. The word whosoever has sometimes been described as the longest, widest, biggest word in the Bible. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, the apostle reminds us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God tonight for the great and glorious opportunity in the gospel of Christ, north, south, east, or west, from the Orient to the Occident, to the rich, to the poor, to the Protestant, to the Roman Catholic, to the Jew, to the Gentile, to the Hindu, no matter who it is or where you are, to the, the wicked and the sinful, to the most religious and upright, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the wonderful invitation of the gospel of Christ. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And that's the message that took the apostle and weighed heavy upon his heart to get that 
gospel of Christ out to the men and women of this world that they might receive his Savior. And of course, when we think about the sublime Christ of the gospel, we think of the sweeping call of the gospel that it must be preached uh, in all the world. Jesus says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Thank God for the, the, the saving and the striking conversions in the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. It was the power of God unto salvation in his life. A persecutor, a blasphemer, a man who hated the people who were of this way, who followed Christ. The one who stood by, minded the garments of those who stoned the godly Stephen. And I think even to his dying day, it grieved the apostle. As he says in his testimony, I persecuted the church of Christ. But thank God he was saved. He was transformed on the road to Damascus. He heard the call of the master. And he received Christ as his savior. We think of so many in the scriptures like the woman of Samaria. And the Lord Jesus Christ went out of his way and went to the well to speak to her. That she might come to know him as savior. We think of Zacchaeus, uh, the chief among the publicans who was rich because of his corruption. Uh, we think of Matthew, another uh, a tax collector sitting at the receipt of custom. Or we think of Nicodemus, a man who was a, a master in Israel, a ruler of the Jews. But they all have one thing in common, that they came as sinners to Jesus. And in all our congregations, and in all our friendships, and all our fellowships, men and women, young people of different backgrounds, Different upbringings, different walk of life, but the one thing in common, if they're in the church of Christ, they have been born again of the Holy Spirit of God and cleansed through his precious shed blood. Thank God for the striking, for the saving conversions through the gospel. My religion cannot satisfy our good works cannot satisfy. Our good citizenship cannot satisfy. Our good living cannot meet the need. But my, the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God to take a poor, vile, guilty, lost, hell-deserving sinner and transform him or her to a child of God. Can I just say... The Bible speaks here about the simple condition of the gospel. For Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Everyone that believeth. So many today are trying to work their way into heaven. So many are trying to gain points, as it were. So many are trying to do enough good deeds that they might obtain favor with God. But the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. The Bible says, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Because after all, Isaiah the prophet could say in chapter 64, all our righteousnesses, all our good works, all our good deeds, there is filthy rags. But here's the simple condition of the gospel. Whosoever shall call, him that believeth. Or Isaiah says, on God's stead, look unto me and be ye saved. As Jesus said in Matthew 11, come unto me. As John writes in chapter 1 and verse 12, as many as received him, if we call upon him, if we believe on him, if we look to him, if we come to him, if we receive him into our heart and life, then thank God, we are saved. Can I just say in closing, we realize here the satisfying consequence of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. What a privilege, what a blessing it is to be saved, to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior. 
The Bible says there in the Old Testament and the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Thank God the gospel is free. It's to the whosoever that calls you to come. And Isaiah says in chapter 12 and verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. That's why the hymn writer penned the words, I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but ah, the waters failed. Even as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. Therefore, he could say, Now none but Christ can satisfy. I have drunk the water from the well of salvation. Christ is my strength. Christ has given me a song. He hath put a new song in my heart and in my mouth. Praise unto God. He has become my salvation. I am satisfied through the gospel. The world cannot satisfy with all its pleasures, with all its pomp, with all its possessions, with all its pride. The world fails. Religion fails to meet the need. But thank God, Jesus never fails. And the psalmist could say in life and in death, he could say, I shall be satisfied. The last verse of Psalm 17, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness, and I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. It's a wonderful thing to know Christ as your own and personal Savior. To know that your sins are forgiven, that they're all washed away through the precious blood of Christ. To know that you have peace with God, that you have been reconciled to him through the blood of his cross, and that it is well with your soul. That in life and in death, and even into God's great eternity, that we're satisfied because we have Christ. What think ye of Christ? Dear friend, do you know him as your own and personal Savior? Have you come to put your faith and trust in him? Have you repented of your sin and taken the sinner's place and received the sinner's Savior and trusted Christ? May God bless his word to our hearts. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, we are your servants for Jesus' sake to help you to him. May the Lord bless his word for his own name's sake. Amen. On your behalf, I would like to thank Dr. Fred Greenfield for his faithful preaching of the word of God amongst us tonight. He certainly has again been faithful to the blood and to the book. Let's unite together in closing prayer and benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the preaching of the word of God amongst us tonight. We know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We thank thee for the good news of the gospel. We thank you for the great plan of salvation. And we pray, Lord, that men and women will hear this message. They'll learn about thy remedy for human sinfulness. That they'll discover, O oh God, that their sin is dealt with in the personal work of thy Son, Jesus Christ. And through thy Spirit, call them to repentance and faith in the bleeding wounds of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord, that you'll grant salvation and life to many who hear the word of God. Open their ears and open their eyes and open their hearts. And we pray, Lord, that by thy Spirit, that thou would help men to love thee and to obey thee with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. Lord, teach us about the fear of hell, about wrath to come. And, O oh God, we pray that many will flee and enjoy the bliss of eternal life. We ask thee now to accept of our thanks for this time together. We pray you'll part us in thy fear and with thy blessing. We desire that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of thyself and the communion of the Holy Spirit to be upon us both now and evermore. Amen. Amen.
I would like to thank you for listening in tonight. We've appreciated your company during this praise service. Now, normally during our praise services, whenever we're here inside the church building, we lift an offering and the offering goes towards our church building fund. And if you would like to donate something securely to our church building fund, you can do so via the Give button on our church website or just contact us directly. We appreciate your prayers and support at this time. God bless you and thank you again for listening in.